The Sighted Blind Podcast is an edutainment podcast designed to amplify the voices of the Black disabled community by highlighting culture, coping, and literature. Now, let's get to the show. recording yes you are we're recording okay what's up y'all we are back we back and we better as always I know it's been a minute forgive us it's been longer than two weeks I believe but you know in the interest of you know this month kind of being a lot of things the weather is changing my allergies been messed up it's Blindness Awareness Month. I tried to give y'all some insight into that, into the mail, in the mailbag episode, that kind of thing. We just been busy. Drea done had midterm. She survived. Thank the Lord. We appreciate. Hallelujah. We appreciate the blessings. Um, but today we have a lovely, lovely guest for you all. She's bomb. You gonna love her. Black, blind, and bomb out here. You already know. So we're going to have Miss Nikki J introduce herself for our Black Visionary segment. Hey, hey, y'all. So first, let me just thank these two beautiful ladies for inviting me on the show. This is like my first like guest appearance on a podcast. I'm like super excited. (laughs) Um, But I appreciate the first. Really? Like, child, yes. Like... Y'all have a, see, I'm about to say something crazy. I'm going to just not say, okay. (laughs) Okay. Y'all said be me. Y'all done popped my podcast, Cherry. So there we have it, folks. (laughs) Cherry popping. (laughs) Yes. Um, But hey, listeners. So I am Nikki, um, Nikki J. I um, am the creator and host of the Fill Your Cup podcast, Um, It's a podcast that focuses on finding ways to take care of ourselves outside of a capitalistic lens. Um, I also am a career readiness instructor um, at a adult rehabilitation um, blindness program here in Maryland. Um, And I (laughs) am currently um, pursuing a um, master's degree in health and wellness coaching. Um, hey, hey. No, and I need help and I, wellness. Listen, I got you, sis. As soon as as soon as I get these these hours in the lab, and you know, I'm able to like start working with clients. Listen, I'm I'm gonna be out here contracting and and trying to help people reach their health and wellness goals so hit I me up my question your way somebody <laughs> to hold me accountable I can't do it myself listen I got you I got you we all have to have someone to hold us accountable that's including myself um and then I'm also pursuing a yoga teaching training sort of cert- certification um to get my 200 hours um so I really believe in, in health and wellness and just um, providing opportunities for folks, especially folks who are in underserved communities, the opportunity mm-hmm. to find holistic ways of taking care of themselves. I know for me, um, holistic 
wellness has been something that has really helped me to find balance and really get my life back on track. And it's like, oh, well, I have had the opportunity to have all these gifts introduced to me. So it, I feel like it's, it's a part of what I need to do to give back to others. So that's kind of where my, where my service goes towards trying to get folks, you know, healthy and living these holistic lives and I'll be better out here in these streets. That's dope. Paying it forward is important, especially in our community, because we don't like to take care of ourselves anyway. Mm. And so if you have somebody that looks like you doing right, it's much easier to do the same thing, at least for me anyway, or somebody that understands the things that I deal with as a Black woman. And of course, like we were just discussing pre-production, we were talking about how, you know, we have health issues because we weren't taught the right way coming up, not because mm -hmm. we necessarily were doing self-destructive things all the time. It was just that the information that we got was not good information to have um, to be taking care of yourself. It was, you know, you know how you have like old wives tales and, oh, you don't need to go see them doctors. Oh, you can just take mm -hmm. this and buy. Oh, you don't know what? <laughs> Just stuff like that, that you're constantly being fed the wrong information um, and thinking that it's going to give you positive changes and it's, and it's not. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because I think a lot of that apprehension around Western medicine, it stems from the way Black folks and Black bodies have been treated here in this country in regards to our own health. You know, there's a lot of trauma behind um, us going to the doctor and, and, and going to the hospitals and things of that nature, just because mm -hmm. of what's been done to us. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I am someone who believes in, um, holistic medicine, but I'm also someone who believes in the technology of technologies of Western medicine. And I think the two being integrated is important, but it's getting our people comfortable being in those spaces. And the way to do that is for them to see that representation, of us yeah. kind of introducing like here, here are some other ways of mixing the two, integrating two ways of taking care of yourself so that you can be better equipped with the knowledge and the resources to live a healthier life. So I, I completely agree. Like we, we, that misinformation, it's just so much baggage that comes with that. So we have to kind of help our people move past that, man, and deal with that trauma, work through it. Mm-hmm having people that look like us in those spaces we need I, all right I know one black op ophthalmologist mm. like literally one and they're in Montgomery Alabama I'm in Tuscaloosa so going to them does not make sense mm. for me like from a location standpoint I'm pretty sure well, I would hope he's not the only one in Alabama, but it's so important because we've seen how we as Black people have been abused <laughs> medically mm -hmm. and used as lab rats from the Tuskegee Institute, mm -hmm. um, syphilis project to Henrietta Lack to, we can go on all day. Don't mm -hmm. want to do that, but like you, I definitely agree with that. It's important to see people that look like us who are versed, well-versed in their field. Like one of my homegirls is a doula. Yes. I love it. school. Um, I know a black dermatologist, psychologist, social worker, shout out. Yes. Shout out. Like, 
So um, we are, we're everywhere. We just got to find them. So mm -hmm. I hope Jay and I can continue to highlight these people in different arenas. So people that are looking for them can find them because I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I'm team holistic medicine, but if that Western Benadryl can keep me from looking like I'm in an abusive relationship. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. Okay. Yes, yes. I listen. I'm right here with you. It, it's a purpose for all things. So <laughs> yes. I just I think that so the notion of us being out there is like you said, we know that we're out there, but the visibility is not there. I feel like mm. we need a platform, you know, mm. more platforms that are or maybe like a directory, so to speak, so that we can find our people because it is so hard just right. to find the basics. Like I've been looking for a black OBGYN for the longest mm. time because people just not giving me answers where I need to have answers about my women's health, right? Like, mm. you know, I need for y'all to figure out what's going on. And you're not listening to me as someone that doesn't look like me. So I need to find somebody that looks like me, right? So mm -hmm. that they're able to speak to me in a way that one, I understand. And two, like I feel more comfortable that, that I will be taken care of. So anyway, all in all, we need y'all. I'm glad that that's what you're studying. I'm glad that you are so invested in not only yourself and your health and wellness, but everybody else's because listen, the few that are out there, we trying to find y'all. So like I said, now I'm going to be throwing my coins your way. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, as soon as I get things up and running, I will be letting folks know, you know, Please. so I'm here to help the, and, I, and my biggest thing is I want to make things accessible and affordable because holistic health, unfortunately, it's not cheap. Like it's this, it's a lot of it is accessible to folks who have the coins and the means. And I hate to say it, a lot of the, the folks I've seen doing things like acupuncture and, yeah. you know, going in for yoga and going to a chiropractor, they have not been people who look like us. And that's because we can't afford it. It's not accessible to us. So, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that folks can't afford these things. I think that's the most important thing absolutely or or even know the benefits because I, yeah i mean like a lot of this stuff a lot of the stuff we deal with as a people from a health standpoint could be managed if not completely eliminated mm -hmm. other means versus expensive prescriptions that cause even more issues mm -hmm. but i think i think we some of come close to the mic <laughs> See, see, we, I can fix that because Jay, a black woman told me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and we keeping this part, no edit. A black woman told me something from my, and I trusted that. Had Karen said, hey, excuse me, could you come a little close? I probably would have stayed where I was. But as I was saying, okay? <laughs> as I was saying for real, like, a lot of people don't know what acupuncture is or how it could help or that a chiropractor could help not just with, you know, back pain, but so many other issues or a podiatrist might be able to help why they had a weakest immune system because they say illnesses come through your feet first. Mm -hmm. 
gross to think about, but, and I know a black podiatrist. I just thought about that. And she from the black belt, but we, we need, like Jay said, like a directory or something. Like it used to be yellow pages in the phone book with all these businesses listed by category. I don't like the name black pages, but you know, like something like something like that. Not black pages. Yeah, like <laughs> so that's, that's what I said. I don't like it. It's too close to back page. So, like it's too close. Like, nope. So, you know, we gonna like Onyx page or something. We gonna figure it out later. But yeah, we need one of those because I try to support black in every avenue that I can. Mm. Um, and I know that's not always an option. And I'm gonna get off that soapbox because we'll be on this episode for like three years. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> so for our next black visionary, I'm excited about this, Miss Miss Andrea and this this game that we have here. But tell us about the the people, the creators. Okay, so I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to meet via Google Meets the three founders of this new card game that I have fallen in love with, y'all. It is called Spill It Card Game. And yes, spill, like, you know, spill the tea, spill the wine, hopefully down your throat, not on the floor. But Spill It was created by three friends who all are proud graduates of Hampton University. I'm not going to get into that. Who was the real HU debate? Because, baby, I don't know. <laughs> um, they, they all have enjoyed a glass of wine or two and just great conversations. So I'm going to go off script for a minute. When I was talking to them about how the game came about, they were all getting their master's in business administration, which I also thought was bomb. And when I talk about like the actual game, I can tell these are business minded women who hustle in heels baby they gave me mm -hmm. all the energy our call was supposed to be 45 minutes to an hour we talked for over two and while prior to me sliding in their dms because y'all know i will slide in a dm my husband slid mm -hmm. in my dms okay yo got it probably got the song from me but we, you know that's neither here nor there um they they were just so freaking personable and encouraging it was just it was it was just magical but during grad school and all of us can attest to that anything beyond undergrad is just a different kind of stressful mm. yeah. it's for it's just a different kind of stressful well to de-stress they would get together with you know friends and put questions into a fishbowl and have like wine nights. So wine mm -hmm. and conversations. Well, after doing this for so long, people, I guess people was like, y'all need to make a game. Y'all need to make a game. That was never their intentions. So it led to the game. The, the packaging, the game itself is just really bomb. And for those of you that don't know, I am a game, board game connoisseur. <laughs> I love board games. I collect them. Some have been amazing. Some have been a waste of money. This is definitely one of the amazing ones. And I 
and the game industry is really male dominant. These are the first people that sit to pee that I have met yet <laughs> that have created a game. And when I tell you, I can tell this was created by black women. They took their time with their packaging, even on how the game was sent to me. Mm. It was just, you can tell this was a woman. Like they did, it, the game was made with love, y'all. Mm. And it evoked, because I had a chance to play with some of my friends um, this past weekend. And like it brought laughter, it brought real conversations, it brought wine competitions, it almost brought an argument, which, you know. <laughs> Those can be healthy. <laughs> those are the best games, though. Right, those right. Real passionate can be. Those can be healthy too. But yeah, like the cards range from funny to, you know, quite a bit on the serious side. We're gonna get to that a little later. But a huge game nights was a huge tradition for them. So friends were free to openly spill their unfiltered experiences and opinions on a variety of topics. They've embraced this business venture to create card games that challenge friends and family to speak their truth and ignore, I'm sorry, cannot read today, and ignite conversations to get to know each other better. And y'all know that Black families and Black friends can have secrets that mm. lead to unnecessary BS like resentment mm. and just all kind of craziness. So I love games and things like this that force you to talk and then you're doing it over wine so you know that's you know why not give a lot of people confidence mm -hmm. loosen up a little bit yeah so it's i'm i'm telling you if you whether you're a wine drinker or not this is a definite game this is definitely a recommendation the conversation can get heated so you know play at your own risk their <laughs> vit i'm gonna read their vision spill a card game is a set of cards filled with thought-provoking conversation starters to be played with family and friends. We want everyone to engage in questions with raw, unfiltered answers and sparks an open discussion for the group. If you end up getting a little tipsy in the process, we want that too. <laughs> the goal is to learn about the people around you by sharing experiences that range from goofy and embarrassing to innovative and romantic. Spill it card game is meant to be played in a judgment-free zone as we want you to bear it all. And so Jay and I are going to post where you can buy the game because I do not want to butcher mm -hmm. the website or their Instagram. I do know their Instagram by heart is spill it card game. And I highly recommend inexpensive, the shipping, like you can have a great night for including a bottle of wine. If you know how to shop for wine, you can have, do all of this for under $30, okay? Just know, good night, good time. And I even play a second night to see if I get tired of the questions. Mm -hmm. And like one of the person, one of the people that were here Friday was playing was also here on Saturday. So it still evokes like different experiences, different moments, like, oh, I remember that, or girl, like, and while most women prefer wine to males liking liquor, they, the questions aren't female only. So you can play this, it's not gender specific. I mm -hmm. highly recommend y'all 
And shout out to them because when I tell you their level of professionalism makes me want to step my game up even more. When I say they hustle in heels, I mean it. The game mm -hmm. hasn't even been out long, but they come correct. They're organized on top of it, willing to collaborate. And because they're able to do all of that, these women will conquer. Shout out to Spill It. Yes, I'm I so want so the game. The meeting. I'm ready to play this game though. Yes, I think I need yeah. to go put my order in for real. I forgot the important, the most important part considering it is Blind Awareness Month. So y'all know, y'all know, I mean, you're listening to the Sighted Blind Podcast. So you already <laughs> know that, you know, I'm all of us might can't see the same kind of game, okay? Or see the game, period. But this game, I like it because most of the cards are on a darker contrast card with lighter words. So it's easier for me anyway, with compromised sight to and because it's mostly words on the card I haven't tried it yet but Jay is I'm pretty sure it will be able to be read with um dang help me out Jay mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean whatever app or software that you use um yes AI, I think it would work well with seeing AI for people that use that or if you just use magnifiers any whatever yeah, handheld magnifier what I, that you use that kind of thing I think that it will work well because the the lettering itself is large enough so that it can easily be read for those that are low vision but also like she said the contrast is like I think some of them are like deep purple with mm -hmm. white um lettering on it okay. so you know that they stand out so I don't think that it'd be an issue for anyone with a visual impairment to play the game and play it just fine and it's not one of those games where people don't need to know what's on your card which makes it helpful right because if you're if you don't have headphones and you're using your software or you're using your handheld magnifier it's fine you know we want people to know what's on the card anyway so I am excited to get and then because we're in should still be social distancing you can play this this could be easily be played over zoom like we could do mm -hmm. this with the ladies mm -hmm. I, I, I highly recommend spillage y'all i do and even the packaging because most games like this come in a tuck box which is like the regular box for a standard deck of cards like you's gonna play space or something like those are tuck boxes but this has a magnetized box so <laughs> you you know that you put them all up. You know that you secured it, sight or no sight. Because I tried it with no, like, closing my eyes. Just just trying to see how accessible it was. And I'm team spillage, y'all. I can't wait to play. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so ready for later. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and move into our tunnel vision segment. And... So Nikki, as we talked about, our topic for this week is how to unlearn negative perceptions of Blackness and disability. So that intersectionality of things. So kind of what I did was um, jot down some questions that I wanted to ask you and we'll chime in and kind of talk about our own experiences as well. So the first question was, when did you realize that you were different in any way? Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, so I definitely realized I was different as far as my blindness is concerned when 
you know, growing up, I was a pretty rambunctious child. Like I grew up, I've been blind my whole life. I was diagnosed at the age of four. Um, Uh And so, but my, you know, I grew up like, you know, my mother didn't raise me any differently. I was raised just like my sighted peers. So I did everything that they did. Um, But I think the difference I saw, you know, coming up was when, we would be outside playing and maybe it would start to get dark and everyone else could still see and I couldn't. And it was like, wait now, hold on. <laughs> I could just, I could just see like everyone else when the when the sun was up, but now that it's getting darker, um, I can't see as well. Yeah. Or, or when I was going to school and um, you know, I couldn't read the blackboard or I couldn't necessarily see the print on a worksheet when it was in, you know, regular size font. Um, so I think, you know, I, I noticed at a very young age, but it didn't really click in, like, it didn't become a big deal, I feel like, until I got older in my teenage years. And that's when, you know, your peers are starting to learn how to drive. And, you know, you're starting to kind of cross that threshold, threshold into adulthood. And I think that's when it really took hold of, like, oh man, like there are some differences here as far as my blindness is concerned and I'm not like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> very extremely similar. But I actually think that I recognized, I recognized that I was black way before I recognized that I had a disability. I mean, I I was diagnosed very young too, as I've said before, like I was diagnosed when I was seven. So I wasn't really told as far as my disability goes. It was kind of something that I really just figured out by me being different. Like the same things Mm. that you noted, like not being able to see everything or when it got dark, like I'm walking super slow and people are like, why are you walking slow? It's because I can't see. I can't see. can't see nothing it was like that but for sure as far as my blackness goes I had I remember that I had like a sleepover and I believe it was either fourth or fifth grade and I had one little white friend oh boy um, there we go. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know I had one particular white friend that I was closer to than another and everybody got to come to the sleepover except for her and I could not for the life of me just understand because we were always together why is it that you can't come to the sleepover and I had the kind of mom that didn't let me go to anybody else's house so Mm -hmm. you know initially you kind of think in that way right you know my mama don't let me go nowhere either so I guess her mama just don't want her to go anywhere but um so I had the sleepover and then the next week when I went back to school like she literally told me that her mom didn't want her over my house so I think that that affected me long term because for a very long time I just decided well them kind of y'all are not gonna accept me or those kind of people are not gonna accept me so I'm not even gonna ask you which you know as somebody that's very young to recognize things like that I mean at the fifth grade is I believe is pretty young yeah recognize things like that but that was my first recollection (laughs) of being different if that's what you want to call it um I also was a military brat so I was also raised around different groups of people and didn't really feel like 
there needed to be a lack of, I want to say a lack of diversity. I mean, I guess I could word it like that. Like I didn't feel as if I needed to stick to one group of people, but that kind of shook me a little bit at that age. Mm. Uh, so yeah that's the first recollection that I have now granted as I got older I had other experiences that were like oh that's real racist <laughs> like mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in high school there was an instance and I was I was in Hawaii actually which is supposed to be like a huge melting pot and la 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 everybody gets along um, but there was a specific place on our campus that like all the black kids hung out and it was called B-Wall. And one day we came to school and they had spray painted nigga on the, on the, on the wall. Oh, hell no. In red spray paint. So like, as if to say, yes, this is where you should be, stay here. Wow. And so having lived in places predominantly for most of my life, in southern states and not having overt racism be in my face but then moving somewhere where you think it's like this euphoria of all this like mixing pot of people (laughs) to have that happen at 15 I was like yo uh this ain't you know you you walk through life and especially like during that time in your life you kind of feel like you're invincible and like things like that don't happen Mm -hmm. that definitely that threw me off so that is wild see I don't it's so funny because I I like you I grew up in the south um and I feel like a lot of it was overt so it went it must have gone over my head like I just I remember being small probably about five six years old and our next door neighbors they were white and I'll never forget. They were like my, the, the young, the girl and the, the, her little brother that they were like my first best friends ever. Mm -hmm. And I did not ever see a difference because I guess our parents just got along. They didn't really have any issues. Um, and then after that, like we always, you know, I went, all of my schools were blackety black. I grew Mm -hmm. up in a blackety black neighborhood. Like, Like everybody I knew was black. I didn't, I didn't, outside of those two kids, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't have white friends and I really didn't encounter a lot of white people um, on, you know, in my circle or just even in in the kids that were white that even went to my school. Like they were the white kids that I don't want to say actually black, but you know what I mean when it's a white kid and they've hung around and they've grown up in black neighborhoods. You know what I mean? They were those kids. So it's it's really interesting um, because I really don't. I feel like I didn't start noticing those those overt kind of microaggressions and things like that till I got older and went mm-hmm. to college. And that's when I actually saw like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like I knew I was black, like that was never a question, but mm-hmm. I actually saw that that difference. Like, wow, people really out here bugging. You know what I mean? That That's when I saw because the college that I went to um, both community and the four year, it was, um, it, I guess it, it was, it wasn't a predominantly white school, but there were way more white students than there were black, you know, well, I don't want to say that because that's predominant. There were, it was about half and half, you know what I mean? So it was way more than I had seen in middle school, elementary and high school. That's for sure. So my experience as you know finding out I was black was a little different I played soccer and competed in speech and debate 
as early as third grade, which was, I was only the only black girl all the time, every time. And for soccer, I think because like they needed a girl and shoot, I probably was five, four in third grade, for real, for real. <laughs> so because I was what they needed, they ain't really making no issues. So I, I ain't really have issues in soccer, okay? I ain't have any issues in soccer because they even was over accommodating as far as finding a position, but that's more so with disability, not with blackness. But in speech and debate, I got pissed off because I overheard some judges say, oh my God, we have to give her the one. She can really, she, she speaks so well as if mm-hmm. black people don't mm-hmm. or can't. And that may, I was livid, y'all. I won this big trophy and we're going to say like free play at Chuck E. Cheese with a nasty pizza. I didn't even want that pizza because I just wanted them to know that I'm good at this. This is what the hell I do. I talk. Mm-hmm. And look at me, years later, still out here talking, but it really pissed me off because why couldn't I just be a good speaker? Mm-hmm. Why just, or just a good reader? Why? Because I'm Black and I'm doing this. It's such an issue. And I, I just was mad. So from that point on, and this might be because, you know, me and Malcolm X birthday twins, I just tried to do what Tony Harris say do be so good they can't ignore you and mm-hmm. that's in anything like y'all can be mad if you want to but you ain't gonna erase me I'm here mm-hmm. y'all said I couldn't be here but guess what I'm here again so yeah like that's when I noticed I was black and my militant form of getting their ass has been to be so good they can't ignore me that's wow. dope. So I think, okay, so what you said is, a, it's a really good segue into the question that I was going to ask next, but it's what, what negative perceptions of Blackness did you have that you had to unlearn? And I kind of want to, because you said what you said about speaking well, I think that in recent years, I have realized that not speaking well in terms of what other people think speaking well means is okay because that's part of our culture like ebonics as it was formally called or aaav african-american vernacular english is what they call it now is not a problem it's part of our culture it's part of who we are it's it was adapted from our native languages so for then so for people to then judge us and for us to judge ourselves based Mm -hmm. on using that as a way to perpetuate other people as unintelligent, I think is a problem. So I had to really take the time to be like, okay, just because a person speaks this way has nothing to do with what's, you know, what's in their mind, what they have to present to others, what they can give, what type of insight that they have. It has nothing to do with that. It's just part of who we are. Granted, there are places that you might not want to use that, right? Like if you work in a corporate environment, unfortunately, you cannot talk that way all the time. But for for that to be natural for you to do is not inherently an issue. So that's really, that's really one of the things that in recent times, I've been like, okay, this person is speaking that way. This is 
because of where they're from or this dialect is because of you know whatever type of upbringing you have that doesn't have anything to do with how intelligent you are and because that is the way that they think of us it's only been right that it's kind of been passed down to us to think that way so if I have children (laughs) one day I'm gonna let them know that it's okay to be multifaceted you can do both just recognize that in some spaces people are going to look at you negatively for that and it is okay for you to then let them know hey this ain't all of who I am and you can say ain't all of who I am (laughs) so yes yeah I, I also hate the fact I guess I guess like the um the speaking thing never like I never thought black people were less intelligent because of how they spoke um and honestly voice just certain voices irritate me so I just want to give it a chance anyway depending on like how the voice was whether they were black or white but what always pissed me off because me and my siblings especially my sisters all of us are stupid tall well, they are taller than me. I'm 5'9". Alana and Alexis is like 5'10", 5'11", maybe even 6 feet. Who freaking knows? They some giraffes. Alana is the only one out of us that played basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay? But people will always assume that, like, I play a sport, not knowing anything about the disability, obviously, but, like, even when, and it was, it was really stupid to me in college when like I was on like I said speech and debate team I had to give my schedule to one of my white professors about a tournament this heifer ain't even looking at what the paper says she was like um so who are y'all playing this weekend baby I'm speaking (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking okay no plug intended but I'm speaking man wow so I hate that people think all tall black people are athletic because we not baby not me (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nikki what about you what have you learned so two things one I completely believe AAVE should be um its own language like if if someone asks me do you speak more than one language I want to be able to say yes I speak two I speak AAVE and I speak English (laughs) super bilingual yes exactly and two um Drea you out here five nine I'm so jealous because I've always wanted to be taller like it's 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 I and you know it has its drawbacks too because you know it's okay. I'm listen. I'm out here standing right now because a sister wish, wishes she was a little bit taller. Um, but a little bit taller. I wish I, it was up on <laughs> Okay, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess ooh, one of the biggest lessons I think, or or just um, shifts in perspective surrounding blackness is the use of or the creating of our own names within African-American culture. So mm-hmm. when we name our babies and it's so, it's so crazy. Like, 
and and this is a debate I even have with my friends today. Like when we hear certain names like uh, uh, Taekwondo <laughs> and a and a Shaniquiana, you know, <laughs> the first thing people want to say is, "Oh my God, that's ghetto!" And like, why would we? Why would that person name that baby that? Like, how is that person? You know, how's that that child gonna grow up and get a job and have to put that name on an application? And it's like why should we even be concerned with that? Like we don't name our babies with the white gaze in mind, first of all. We name our babies because that's a name we have chosen for them, regardless if it's something out of the Bible, if it's something we found in a baby book, we've come up with, you know, come up our, with our, you know, ourselves. Words are just things that people have made up. So what's the difference between someone naming their baby uh, Gloria, which is it at some point, yes, it's an old name, but someone had to come up with that. You know, why is that any different from someone naming their baby watermelon Andrea? Andrea, I don't know, I'm just coming <laughs> up with it, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's no difference there, but there's this, um, this label that we attach to um, black people naming um, their children these I don't want to say odd names these different names we we call them ghetto and we say you know it's hood and you know we we say oh this child's not going to have a chance to go out into the world and be successful because of their name and I just think that's bullshit because we're we're doing it from mm-hmm. the gaze of white folks and it you know I had to even get out of that thinking um, because I used to do that and I had to come to terms with you know well, why is it ghetto? It's not, you know, it's, it's a made, it's a word that someone made up and they decided to call their baby that. And just because we've never heard of it, it doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it ghetto. It just makes it that person's name. And it's no different than someone in another country naming their child something that I have or that we have no idea what it means because it's foreign to us. We don't call that ghetto. We say, oh, that's exotic, right? Oh, that's that's beautiful. Why? Because it's from a different country. You know, so I hate that stigma that we place on African-American people as far as our names are concerned. Um, No matter how long or or (laughs) how many syllables a name has, that's a person's name. And I think it should always be honored as such. Now you might find the name, you might prefer a different name in your own opinion. And I think that's fair. Like we can say that certain names appeal to us and certain names don't, but I think it's wrong for us to label them as ghetto or to immediately say this child isn't going to be successful due to their name. Like, I think that's, it's rooted in Mm anti-blackness. Yeah, that's where the root of it comes from. And I even struggle with that with my own name because I have a very creative name as I like to say and I tell girl, you, I'm over here talk. having girl, internal battles like girl, what girl what were you thinking sis what were you thinking mother <laughs> mother what were you thinking and it's not because of the way they are pronounced it's because the spelling is so difficult it was so difficult for me when I was younger that mm-hmm. I was just like none of this makes sense to me why would you do this and she's literally <laughs> been like I just liked it and that's what it is they just like just like anybody else you know, like you said, people in foreign countries and they name their kids something, somehow we learn how to pronounce those things, right? Like we Mm -hmm. need to be making sure that not only one, people respect the name that we're given, but also that they pronounce it correctly. Like I know for sure that I need to do better at correcting people Mm -hmm. when it comes to my name. 
And my first name is not difficult to pronounce. It's Jamilia, but there are so many variations of mm-hmm. that that I oftentimes am just like, okay, like, all right, you pronounce it the other way. It means the same thing. But no, my name is my name. Yes. <laughs> yes. My name is my name. And I, you need to learn how to pronounce it because you can learn how to pronounce everything else, ma'am, sir, Come madam. Like, Come on. Yes. It's one of those things you are so right, but I definitely, as did you have to work on recognizing that not only is this just something that's made up just like every other word in, you know, the dictionary was made up at some point, but also that there's nothing wrong with that. And it should not hinder someone from advancing in life. Now, the problem is that it often does. And I think Mm. that's why so many of us struggle with that because we're like, but if I do this to my see even that has a negative connotation like do this to my child but you know what I mean like if I name my child I don't know whatever Taekwon Daquan I don't know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they have a lesser chance of making it in life and I think that we're just now like our generation probably up to like the early 40s are starting to recognize that hey it doesn't matter what I name my child you need to respect that person as a person and whatever you know credentials they have and whatever experience that they have to help them further advance in life and give them a fair chance it doesn't matter what their name um so yeah that's definitely that was that was a good one because that's something that (laughs) I for sure have to work on not only within myself but you know just as it as it pertains to other people because I often think about that like I don't have any kids but I do often think about you know hey what I want to name them this and what what struggles are they going to have but like Mm -hmm. I said shout out to my mama because she didn't care not one she yeah (laughs) and And you are and look and you are successful you know what I mean so I think we have to kind of shift our thinking and which a lot of us have but then also like if we start to explore what we want to do without worrying about what white folks are thinking you know what are they gonna do like they they cannot not hire all of us all of our children all of our grandchildren you know like at some point the Daquans and the Shaquans will become familiar to them because they're going to see more and more of that happening versus mm-hmm. us sticking to the older names and I mean I, listen I have an old name like Nikki is not my first name I'm not gonna share it on here though but <laughs> Nikki <laughs> is not my first name so I have a very old school name so Come on, Gertrude <laughs> oh hell no <laughs> Bertha May my girl not Gertrude oh shit <laughs> Gertie, Gertie, Gertie. Come on, Gertie. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's not that bad. I will say it's not a Gertrude. Shout out to anybody named Gertrude because I, I know didn't somebody Gertrude. named Gertrude. <laughs> I do not. But y'all, for the longest, I hate it. Hell, I still hate my middle name because I feel like it's every other black girl middle name. My middle name is Lachey. And Lachey. yes, and like. Because me and my siblings all have had the same initials. And I just, all I hated it because I always wanted to be an attorney. So I'm like, what? 
these people, and y'all already know who those people are, aren't going to take an Andrea Lachey at law serious. Like I was going to be dropping my whole name in the first place, but <laughs> in the spirit of Google, like you can find those things out, but shit, man, whatever. Cause like, but I'm, I'm getting way better at that. Cause like my name on Instagram is legally Lachey. So it is what it is. I I'm I needed that. And if you was talking to me, oh, I was that black person. Like, nah, like, why you do this to me? Like, I could have been Andrea Lauren or somebody. But why Lachey, man? Lachey? Then it's an accent mark over the E. Just, oh, that's pretty. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Whatever. That's- <laughs> <laughs> This one, this one. Okay, um, so the last question that I had for this segment was, who inspires you as a Black woman? Oh, wow. That's a good one. You know what? My mother inspires me. Um, And, you know, and all the women who are like my mother, um, who are just your working class black woman who gets up every day, who goes out and hustles, who takes care of family, who has mm-hmm. overcome adversary, adverse, ad, oh my God, I cannot speak. <laughs> Adversity <laughs> um, in a world that is just not here for them. Um, you know, I, you know, I feel like in a lot of spaces, we talk about Black excellence and Black girl magic and all of these monikers that represents kind of what, you know, what it looks like to be a Black woman or a Black girl and how we want to strive for that. But I think in so many conversations, we don't acknowledge and we don't honor the black woman who's just working a nine to five to take care of her family. Mm -hmm. That's black girl magic. We don't honor the single mom who is working three jobs to take care of, you know, her kids. We don't honor the, the, the older black women who maybe isn't working anymore, who's older and feels forgotten and, and has put so much into us as a, as a younger generation and given us so much that we don't honor the little you know girl in the hood who got the the big hoop earrings and and the quick weave and is loud but inside she is this burst of creativity and just needs mm-hmm. some mentorship we don't honor those girls and, and those women and I think those are the women who inspire me because you know like I don't you know don't get me wrong I love to see the celebrity and the, the women we see on, on Instagram and on, on television and doing their thing and whatnot. But I, I feel like in the academics, we love to see them too, getting their PhDs and degrees and yeah. things of that nature. But our everyday black woman, our everyday black girl who was just out here surviving, I feel like those are the ones who really inspire me to just say, you know what, I want to create a better world in which these women have space to live their lives, not out of survival, but in a way that they can thrive and be their full authentic selves. Absolutely. I think that that's that's so very true because we don't often take the time to look at the people that are 
on the bottom, so to speak. You know, mm. I think we can all agree that all three of us have been afforded opportunities that we maybe um, wouldn't have thought that we would make it to or have ever been presented with. But we had parents who went through a lot more adversity than we had to. And it took us becoming adults to recognize that kind of sacrifice. Like, yeah, they're not perfect. And by no means have we, you know, like had perfect relationships with our parents. But Mm -hmm. at this point in life, being able to recognize like, hey, you really worked hard. Because I often think about like my mom in particular, my mother had me, I believe she got pregnant at 17 and had me at 18 and Mm. went on to get multiple degrees with like, you know, just for herself, you know, and then making sure to not only get me out of a place that was going to be a negative impact on my life. Like granted, I love my hometown and like to visit, but it's not somewhere that you would want to be long-term. And she recognized that at a very young age, whereas, you know, a lot of times people don't come to that recollection until later in life where they feel like it's too late and they've kind of like failed their, you know, failed their kids or whatever. And it causes a lot of mental turmoil and that kind of thing recognizing that she at such a young I think about that so (laughs) I think about it so often that at such a young age she was like I have a kid I gotta get out of here forget the Mm -hmm. daddy whatever it's cool like (laughs) but I have to get my kid out of here because if she's in this place um, for the amount of time that I was here it's not gonna have a positive effect on her So, and I don't, I don't even tell her this often enough, but I recognize those sacrifices because I don't even know if I could be, I'm sure I could raise a child at this point, but mentally as mentally taxing and me realizing that it's hard enough for me to keep up with my own stuff, right? (laughs) It's hard enough for me to like, make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on a daily basis and remember the things that I remember. I could not even... I could not fathom being a single mom at 18. What? No. Mm-mm. So yeah. for her to be able to take the time and think deeply enough to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to get out of here. And this is what the education that I'm going to need to make it to where I need to be so that my child can have what she needs is a really huge thing. So people that you know, just put in the work that needs to be put in to make a, you know, as, as best of a life that they can for themselves with their circumstances at hand are really admirable to me. And I know a lot of people that are kind of like currently struggling and they feel like because we are like, I don't know, for some reason, people are afraid of the 30s why I think I don't know why I'm ready okay (laughs) I'm ready but as for my friends because we are on the cusp of that a lot of people are like oh it's gonna go downhill oh I feel like I haven't done enough and it's because things are like hyper visible and you have all this social media that's Mm -hmm. showing you everybody's positive aspects of their life and never the negative because who's gonna who's gonna show the world they're negative all the time we're not wired in that way Uh, it's it's one of those things where you do have to step back and look and be like hey this person is just working hard and working hard 
in general is admirable enough because you're doing something positive for yourself. So I agree. You know, the people that don't get recognized enough are who are admirable. Amen and so, I'm Shay. <laughs> oh my God. So, so, <laughs> I, I always admired my mom's strength because she was a black nurse. <laughs> Mm. twice divorced two kids with retinitis pigmentosa and she herself had a very aggressive type of stomach cancer but this lady was still at games being a cheer mom um or band mom or basketball mom depending on which kid it was and taking me to eye appointments while going to um trial chemo uh runs and like literally still being a registered nurse and not just a registered nurse, but a nurse administrator. Mm. <laughs> and, but she always did it with a smile. Cause like you said, or one of y'all touched on, we don't often show the vulnerable side, but my mom, she'll tell you, I don't really feel good today, but um, I got cancer. Cancer don't have me. Mm. So she was mm -hmm. able to be open, I guess, to a certain extent. Cause I'm pretty sure she didn't tell us her children, like, oh my God, this is just the worst excruciating pain. But we also weren't stupid. We could see it. But she just never let it mm -hmm. seem to just really get to her. And so I think in a way that helped me and hurt me, because Jay will tell you now, I try to be a superhero. Never take the cape off. She is a super like, Negro. <laughs> by like just doing like Drea do too much like that could be my Twitter name because I do juggle a whole bunch of stuff I don't know if it's me running away from like emotions here I don't know what it is because I don't know I ain't no counselor I'm a law student but I hell I got that from my mama she wouldn't just stop and because mm -hmm. I'm we black people well I don't think we really have we don't have time to we don't have a luxury to just stop. We got to go when we don't feel like going in most instances. I mean, COVID-19 allowed us to like still be sick at home and do classes or whatever the hell we're doing. But some of us. Some of us. <laughs> some of us. You're right. True. But I just don't feel like we even have, like I said, the luxury to take necessary breaks. I try to take them more often. Took one today. And uh, yeah, I I admire my heavenly hero, my mommy. Mommy. Aww. Yeah. And really quickly, shout out, because I, I left this out of the folks who inspire me, Black disabled women. Because um, listen, yeah, yeah. okay, because it is so much that is placed up against us in which we should not be out here thriving and despite that many of us end up breaking down barriers and mm -hmm. walls and you know build a really a, a life that you know we never probably envisioned for ourselves we're, we're out here doing it and I feel like it's it's not easy, but we we find a way uh, we probably are one of the most innovative group of folks <laughs> yeah man probably ever going to meet yes so um though i definitely want to say that um 
you know, black women out here who are disabled. I'm inspired by y'all. Y'all keep me fueled. Y'all keep me going. Y'all my people, my blind girls. <laughs> when I don't feel like going no more, I'm still standing. We still strong. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that was, first of all, that was very therapeutic for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect it to be that therapeutic, but it, it really was. This next segment I'm so fun I mean I'm so excited see I'm already talking about fun (laughs) (laughs) because it's gonna be fun um but what we did was kind of take a few questions from the the card game deck that we thought would be fun to ask and we're gonna go ahead and do that um I want to take like a two minute break because I want to fill my cup since we about to spill it and I'm gonna yes (laughs) because I want one and then we're gonna get to it. All right. So in the interest of both filling our cups, I just filled my glass, filling my glass <laughs> and spilling my glass. Hopefully I don't do that because I need my laptop. But <laughs> we are going to take a few questions from the spill it deck and answer them. I think we picked out three questions, right? but they're fun, or at least I think they're fun. (laughs) So we're gonna do that. All right, so I'm gonna have, Nikki, I'm gonna have you answer the questions first since you're our guest. Um, Don't worry, they're not not too out there. We tried to pick PG questions, but. Okay, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) The first one is, if you came with a warning label, what would it be? Oh my gosh oh my gosh if <laughs> um oh my gosh um <laughs> what your exes be saying i don't even you? know oh <laughs> see, i should have had some wine with this kind of with, I, I see what kind of game this is all right um oh you know what? If I came with a warning label, hmm, um, it would have to be. Oh my gosh! Oh, it would be okay. I'm gonna have to steal this from my home girl, Maxine Shaw from Living okay, Single. Attorney at law. Yes, Maxine Shaw. It's Attorney at law, it would have to be don't touch ellipsis unless you want to get burned. <laughs> okay, that's my girl. I love Maxine Shaw. Shout out to Erica Alexander. I love Man. her. <laughs> love her. Nikki, what's your sign? I'm a Sag, a Sagittarius. Ooh, I like boy. Sagittarius. Yes. What are y'all, y'all signs? Chilling. Y'all really bad. I am a Taurus. Okay. Well, my sister's a Taurus. Well, your sister crazy. Y'all just stubborn me don't get out. I don't understand. I'm not stubborn. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Right. But Taurus are loyal to a fault. Do you hear me? Like you lying about that. Ooh, let me tell bad. you. So I, I I appreciate a Taurus in my circle. So shout out to Taurus. What are you, Jay? I'm a Pisces. 
Oh, listen, some of my closest friends are Pisces and two of my closest cousins who I look, um, who I consider sisters are Pisces. Y'all are dreamers. We need y'all in this world. Man, I just be dreaming about everything. <laughs> I'm such a hopeless everything. I'm literally a hopeless everything. Like, <laughs> not just the hopeless romantic. It's, it's, it's all of the above. I and I just it. think that I can do everything in the world, but like, am too chill to actually go and do it it's just all I want to do is dream but like the implement the implementation ugh, I don't know Listen. that part is questionable uh I'm mad that y'all said loyal to a fault because that was going to be my warning label that is legit what I <laughs> really look at that yes <laughs> that's literally it and it's more so well, no, I can't even say more so. It's in every type of relationship, platonic or otherwise. And it's actually probably not the healthiest thing. Mm. Uh, but we working on that, okay? <laughs> we working on it. So yeah, that's, that's my good. warning label. Drea, what's I your warning? I love it. Mm. What would mine say? Warning, does not stop working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, you know what that's that's one and then I think a general one a general one would say please feed because hey if I'm hungry y'all I ain't I can't even think straight oh you sound like my sister that's that Taurus energy I'm telling you I'm for real <laughs> and it ain't even necessarily hangry it's like like a, maybe I don't know because none of us drive but hell a car with no oil or no gas I'm that person with no food like I need a snack almost at all times. Okay? It's like, I need a snack. I know that's right. Beat a snack, girl. Beat a snack. Hey. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, beat a snack. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Be the be snack. snack. Yes. But, but in the spirit of Black culture, why be a snack when you could be soul food? Come on. Come on. Come on, greens. Now that should listen. Y'all should like have bars, a little, a little teespring, and and have that on a t-shirt. Why be a snack when you can be soul food? I know that's right. Man, coins. Go ahead, melanated mastermind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I have to drop it. I ain't I even just, have to drop it. I just thought about my my warning label and then when you asked me what my sign was Sagittarius is like a fire sign and then mm -hmm. I'm going to use that that dog on uh that warning label yes Ooh. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so the next question is who's been canceled and was it fair so you know Ooh. black black folk and cancel culture we like to cancel people you know I do like to think that people can grow but <laughs> who is it that's recently been canceled and do you believe that their cancellation was fair okay so this is oh my gosh I'm glad you asked this question so it wasn't a recent cancel but it was one within the last four years okay so Chrisette Michelle girl okay. I almost said that okay go ahead <laughs> Okay. Definitely not my answer. <laughs> so listen, okay. Miss 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 Chrisette, okay, 2016, well, 2017, she sang, she sang at we not gonna speak that name, but the orange ones inauguration. All right. She sang and 
we were in an uproar about it and clearly she deserved it because it's like girl why you know but we we canceled her and i mean when when i say she was canceled homegirl whole career just down the toilet all right but then as time passed more and more of these black celebrities specifically the men folk uh-huh started to shift some of their support over to the orange one side now were they called out yes However, I really don't think they were truly canceled in the way that we as a community canceled Chrisette Michelle. Mm-hmm. And Kanye is a prime example of that. Like, yes, Kanye has been canceled. However, people still support Kanye. Let's be real. Like, it's still people out here like he's a genius and he's this and that, which I'm one of the like old school Kanye. I'm a huge fan. Like, I loved Kanye back in the day. But clearly he's problematic and he has some other things going on. But we did not cancel him in the way that we canceled Chrisette Michelle. And all she did was sing. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but I am saying our treatment of her was very different in the way that we treated, say, Kanye West, say, Steve Harvey. Mm -hmm. uh, And now recently, Ice Cube. Now, I I don't know. He he actually might be canceled, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk child. about that later that's a, Ooh, that's a whole mess child but um yeah like I and I was on that on that bandwagon and I think that's one of the things with social media like it's a lot of don't get me wrong like I think it's an opportunity to learn from people and and get so much information but it's also an opportunity to just jump on the bandwagon before actually making an informed choice Mm-hmm. on what your beliefs are and having all the information and I feel in that regard I played a role in that like man cancel her why does she do that you know but looking back it's like well damn like we didn't cancel any of these male celebrities you know black celebrities in the way we did with Chrisette Michelle and I don't know I feel like it was really unfair to her like I you know I feel kind of bad that we treated her in that way so yeah it's the male privilege man black men don't like to talk about the fact that they do have privilege like yes there's a whole lot against them and we recognize and really do care for them but also y'all have privilege just from being a man like you can get away with things just because you are a man you can also move into spaces that are much much more difficult for us as women to move into uh just because you're a man Mm -hmm. so no you're right granted Sis, I, sis knew what she was doing and thus probably still needed to be canceled. But at the same time, we have repeat offenders that continually, like you said, do things. And we're just like, mm, but when are you going to put out this album? Because I know you're about to do it and I'm going to listen. And I'm one of those exactly. people. <laughs> I'm one of those people because I'm, because I'm a fan. And it's really hard to separate. It's so hard to separate his outlandish ridiculousness from the music because it's always good I'm like why just put out some trash so it'll make it easier or just stick to the music like yeah or just don't say nothing else just hey just but you know he's been doing that for years so don't (laughs) um okay so my the person that (laughs) the person that I that I'm gonna say um I don't even think 
that he's actually been canceled but at one point people were talking about canceling him but it's ti and his notion of of his story and deciding that he was gonna monitor his daughter's womanly parts like that's uh he's not actually been canceled because he just put out this album and everybody's raving about it however i think that he has (laughs) he has shown over time multiple times the way that he thinks and I think because he has decent (laughs) he has a decent vocabulary people let him get away with things expeditiously expeditiously (laughs) that he shouldn't be getting away with and that was one of the things that really I mean I was I was angry Mm. when those reports came out because one she's not a child she's an adult and two, that's not your place, sir. She grown. And even if she's not grown, you still shouldn't be monitoring stuff. The, there's no reason for you to be fig- trying to figure out if somebody's hymen is broken, baby. Because he knew he was out here breaking hymens, okay? And that's not it. The thing is that your hymen can break for any reason. That don't Exactly. I just was livid. So was it fair yes but he ain't actually been canceled so i guess not no it's not fair because y'all didn't actually <laughs> cancel this man but he got a whole podcast mm-hmm. a, a whole pod- the podcast is, yeah the podcast is actually fire but i love and hate clifford so <laughs> but that ain't my person my person was nick cannon y'all oh and Lord. recent like his rap should have been canceled ever he shouldn't even have ever done that but this ain't about the rap like the what the comments that got wilding out cut or not cut because it's been back and forth and then like even now with the mask singer and his mm. success because my little cousin my whole my cousin's entire family it is family friendly and they can watch that together from 30 plus to they've soon to be five-year-old demon child all of them <laughs> love the mad singer and i just I like it's so wells fargo's ceo hasn't been canceled with his ignorant mm. statements so nick to me told the truth and y'all like oh he gotta be off the air uh-uh no nah uh-uh no and i'm like y'all really but i also know who y'all is and y'all do too and i know who controls the media so of course it's not fair by any means but another person i'm just throw her in here for like uh honorable mention was Monique. Did we um, Monique? Yes, because people were mad that she was saying, Why you ain't just take the money heifer? Netflix mm-hmm. was out here trying to pay you mm-hmm. what many of us dream to get paid. I had you underpaid, but you overpaid in my like in comparison to the average black person. So shut up, girl. And people like were real deal mad talking noise. They look like her. And I'm like, y'all crazy. Cause you will want your money mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing is she won the soup y'all. Yeah. She mm-hmm. won. They, Netflix gonna have to pay her and pay her more than what they would have should have paid her in the first place mm-hmm. because they wanted to be ignorant. But black people were so pissed off that she spoke 
about what the hell she needed and deserved. Like, uh-uh, Monique, uh-uh, how dare you? Don't nobody even be listening to you now anyway, girl, shut up. You was fat, you lost all that weight, like, shut up. Like, it was so stupid to me. I think that we're just, I think as a community, we're used to lowballing ourselves because we feel like they're only going to give us so much. And because she didn't do that, people are in an uproar about it because she knew what she was worth. And, mm-hmm. you know, people will struggle with that in day-to-day life. You know, you go to a job interview and you like, okay, but like the salary that they're trying to give me is way more than I make now. But somebody else, you know, somebody else's, somebody else, meaning Jim Bob or whoever is like getting paid more than you, but you're, you are still apprehensive to ask for what it is that you know that you're worth because of who you are as a person of color. Like, I think that that's something that we struggle with on a regular and people were just projecting that feeling onto her. So yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think as a black, as black women, we tend to be, you know, we're lowballed because I guarantee you, if this would have been Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, or Chris oh, Rock, yeah. or Kevin Hart, everyone would have been in agreement. Like, oh my gosh, Netflix is trash. Cancel Netflix. They're not paying these guys. But because it's me, a black woman, a dark skinned black woman at that, who mm-hmm. is speaking up for herself, you know, we as a community were not in support of it. We were just like, well, take what you can get. And like, like Drea said, be quiet and keep it moving. And it's mm-hmm. like, no like why should she have to settle and we see and you just want to I just want to know how the universe works because Steve Harvey sure tried to have her or had her on his show and pretty much told her to sacrifice her integrity for the dollar and you see what happened to all of his uh endorsements and opportunities so you know it is worth we got them suits and that's (laughs) come on exactly so sometimes it's worth standing on your laurels and just you know moving with from a place of integrity because it it will pay off in the end and I think it did for Monique Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay this last one is kind of fun so it's everyone has a weird YouTube search what is your Okay, so this isn't weird, but as of late, I don't know why. And I think it's because it's like the pandemic shut in is just, it's to a point now where it's like, at this point, I'm just going to find whatever. I have been searching episodes of Cheaters. Oh, (laughs) God, that's a good idea. Listen, let me tell y'all, I be in here getting my life to Joey Greco, busting them people, okay? Man, cheaters is the man. Cheaters and cops. Oh, God. No, Lord, not cops. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty pleasures. They're going to mess around and cancel us because you said that. (laughs) (laughs) No, they won't. No, they won't. Everybody know that they used to watch cops when they were little. Don't play. Yes, I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, I did. That doesn't mean I supported them. No, no. It was a different time. I'm not out here looking up cops today, you know, because I'm grown and I have had experiences 
but I definitely used to watch cops after my judge shows when I was younger after the price is right come on price is Steve Wilkos (laughs) come on Steve Wilkos (laughs) um okay so as of late I don't think mine is weird either but it's interesting as of late I have been searching like I will search different hoods in the U.S. and watch people interview other people from those parts of towns so sounds lit yeah it's fun because you get to hear like different accents from different places and then kind of you know see cities that you necessarily haven't been to or you're not familiar with like the way that they live I'll literally go on YouTube and type in like <laughs> like hood neighborhood in so-and-so state and it's literally <laughs> because they interview <laughs> I like to view people's other people's lives to be honest I think it's I don't know I don't know if it's the therapist in me or what but that's what I search and also I like to search Disney and Pixar conspiracy theories (laughs) oh my gosh so that's always fun because things connect in those movies that you don't really pay attention to when you're watching them and people do really in-depth insight videos on those so if you're ever bored and you like Disney or Pixar do that I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, use those two searches now. Lord have mercy. I'm already on YouTube. You a channel of this dude (laughs) that he literally just drives through neighborhoods and and interviews the people in the neighborhoods, like all over the place. I've seen you the link. It's very crazy as hell. (laughs) um, I'm for real. Like he is crazy. I mine is just a little like it ain't even bad. Or just weird, I don't think. It's just different. I love marching bands. And by marching bands, I mean black marching bands. I was a drum major. I was a drum major. I played flute. I'm at Southern, kind of, by way of Zoom. So, sure, I love to hear a good good band play. Um, Even some of these black high school bands, they be sounding collegiate AF. And so I just love, I love to hear it. And so... Two Chain song Moneymaker is giving me all the vibes right now that I need since I'm missing all the homecomings and oh my classics God. and all of that. But I be in here throwing stands. I was doing it at the beginning of the Zoom, <laughs> just acting a fool because no one can see me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, in my head, I'm still a drum major, baby. And we anybody can battle. Like, see me. Yes. See her. So wait, Dre, I have a question. Did you see the um the homecoming uh Coachella from Beyonce two years ago when she did when she had the the HBCU band? Yeah, I saw it, but I have a opinion. We'll talk about that off the air. Oh no, I didn't see it, and I um you know I thought it was what it was. I. I thought it was a great Boo, way to show everybody people. comment bees on Drea social media. Right. Everybody <laughs> got time for beehive haters. Boo. Y'all, Listen, don't, y'all, don't, y'all, don't, want, y'all don't want no problems. Listen, because the beehive does not play. No. I ain't say that. I just have different <laughs> opinions about it. I, I love because a lot of people hate her. Old to Frankie Beverly and Maze. That's like my favorite 
it's a great workout and clean up song. Like yes. I, I just I just wish it was a little just a little bit different. And I love the fact that she donated funds to um historically black colleges and universities, especially knowing that the funds aren't allocated the same versus their white <laughs> counterpart institutions. But from an artist standpoint, I just wish it was slightly different. Like it ain't, it wasn't even no dick. So the bees, hell, y'all gonna get exterminated. Get the hell on. <laughs> um, Cause it wasn't even no knock. Like I just literally wish, like, I don't know. It was an annual, like, like let's do this again. Let's make it a festival. That's all I was saying, the end. Oh, oh, like it'd be a, a um, an annual thing? Yeah, like with college fairs. Y'all and... actually be pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Thank you. So that's all I was going to say. And black life. vendors and black food trucks. I was just saying make it, like expand. That's it. Like, because you done branded homecoming. Just yes. keep going. Oh, that's true. literally all I was going to say. So like I said, the hive can be exterminated. You know the hive acts up regard. You could say her name and they like, you said who? And they can get the headlines. I just want to say that's the younger members of the hive because us older millennial members, yeah, we, I'm not we ain't got time for that. Like, that. what? No, nah, we just, we, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, we got stuff to do. We ain't got time to drop uh, uh, 10,000 bees in your Instagram comments. Like, no. And because I could say this is a cyber threat and Alabama would recognize that and I meet three of the qualifications for a disenfranchised group, I would hate crime the shit out of them. Oh my God. You better come on with the law. You better do it. The hell they thought this was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cancel that. It's too much. I'm so done. (laughs) Right. All right, so we're going to move into For the Culture, and um, I think I want to discuss Cardi first, just so I can get my, I can hop on my soapbox, and then <laughs> we're going to, we're going to discuss, um, in the last two weeks, I think it's been the last two weeks, Cardi B has since decided that she was one going to divorce the offset, and then take the offset back after a series of events that he has done multiple times. And those events on her end are doing like these grand gestures when he knows he'll get attention to get her back. My problem is not her going back to him per se. The issue for me is that people in she and I think she will at some point I think that people are not recognizing that his behavior is definitely one manipulation and two um, emotional abuse because he will you know do things he's been cheating the whole time this is like well-known knowledge right and because she's a public figure like we get to see all of this and she'll talk about it and then she'll break up with him and then he'll do something like really big in public and then she'll be like oh just playing we back together again and we were talking earlier and it's kind of one of those things where like we all know people that do that in their relationships right like I've been known to do that as well that loyal to a fault thing (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. that's a problem for me so I think in 
in knowing that him doing that is just a gesture to be like I know I can get you back all I got to do is do this or all I have to do is like buy you a billboard or buy you this range and then you'll be right back divorce ain't no divorce big but (laughs) that's exactly what he continuously does and she being someone who is in the public eye all the time I think that it's one of those things where the fans are upset and kind of tired of the the back and forth because you know when you're you know when you're in a relationship and you tell your friends something that's going on and then you forgive the person and then your friends are like oh nah ain't no forgiving your Mm -hmm. your people don't forget your people are not going to forget what's going on so you have to be mindful about what you tell I just wish that they were not so open about their marriage because now she's upset that people are passing judgment on her taking him back multiple times but we know domestic violence victims and then just victims of abuse in general it takes multiple times for them to leave completely Mm -hmm. so I kind of just want to hear y'all's thoughts on that because I may be I don't know, I may be in my like counselor bag and be thinking too deeply about it, but I just don't like it. I don't like that he has that control and I don't like that we know all the details that we do because when she does take him back, it's like, ah, dang, you went back to the abuser again, girl. I don't know. What y'all think? I don't think you being too deep. Um, That was me for, hell, I was Cardi for a long time. I wasn't married until recently obviously but and that definitely was not Justin y'all chill (laughs) um I think we do that all the time for real for real like not even just romantically speaking like be complaining about this trash job that ain't treating you right and never quit that thing um but like we were saying earlier we'll tell like the person might can forgive that person Cause who knows? Maybe Buddy grew up. I don't know. I ain't. I won't know. <laughs> Cause I ain't Cardi mm-hmm. or Cardi for that matter. But um, your friends ain't gonna forget. Like we still gonna be mad at that trash supervisor or trash girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever you had going on. Even if y'all get back together, they're going to be salty at the wedding and they bridesmaid dress. Like, I can't believe she married this man. But I look good in this dress, though. Um, So we'll forget. And I, I do hate that it was so, it's it's so public. Yeah. Like, we see, like, like the ping pong ball they got going mm-hmm. on. The pendulum just keeps swinging back and forth. Mm-hmm. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would have to agree as well. And I think taking it even like a step further is they have a child that they're raising. Mm -hmm. You know, what type of environment, you know, is this child being raised in? I'm not, and I'm not saying the child isn't being taken care of, but I feel like the relationship, the dynamic between the two is probably not the healthiest. And what is this child seeing? You know, what messages are are being conveyed to this child on how, you know, to be treated or how to treat others when she gets older, you know? And I think, Jay, you're onto something about how we as a collective, you know, 
aren't really holding him accountable for his actions. Mm-hmm. It's more or less being upset with Cardi about, well, you're going back. Well, this tends to happen. We've, we've been there, um, a lot of us, um, in that situation where we continue to go back, but no one's holding him accountable. And really and truly, they both need to find some healing mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and I, I can't, you know, it's, it's almost like saying, and I, I understand too, like when someone is in some type of um, domestic relationship that's abusive, there are some things there that um, keep a person from truly leaving until, you know, it gets to a point where it, it, it they hit rock bottom, but I think both of them are adults and, and understand like, hey, well, maybe they don't, but they need to get to a point of understanding where they need to work on their healing individually and neither one of them are there yet because it's just going to be an endless cycle until somebody decides to do something different. There's this saying that says, when you do the same thing, um, over and over expecting different results. Mm-hmm. That's what we call insanity. And that's, this relationship is a prime example of that. Yes. It's the same old two-step and Cardi may be going in. I mean, I can't speak for her, but she's probably going in expecting different results. And it, that's not the case. And the same cycle happens. And it's just like, you know what? Y'all, y'all just keep y'all shit private. <laughs> it's like at this point us. why we need right. to know we don't even we don't need to know nothing at this point we just need to know that your child is taken care of. we don't even need to know that we know she's she fine we we're gonna hope that she's fine we're gonna assume she's fine, you know yeah and i'm sure she is they have the means and the resources mm-hmm. to take care of their baby but they both need to to really work on themselves and find some healing and whether that be together or separate and just learning how to co-parent but it's like you know I don't know Oof. <laughs> we've all been there so yes, we have all been there I think you know it takes a while to recognize that it's an issue in general like yes we're we're sitting and we're having a conversation about this but if she doesn't even recognize that these are issues that mm-hmm. healing is going to take a whole lot more time, right? If if she even comes to that point, you know, we don't know. I mean, we could hope, we hope so, but we just, we don't know. I just wish I didn't know all them people business. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to know. Because now I have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Okay, so the last topic at hand is Mr. Cube, Mm. the ice of the cube, and his contract for Black America. Drea, I'm going to let you take this because this is your forte. (laughs) Well, um, so Black Twitter had been dragging the cube Mm. name for the past couple of weeks, and I ain't paid. I ain't paid any attention. I didn't. And then my brother had me listening to expeditiously, so I saw. Um, I'm sorry, that just name of that podcast, right? But <laughs> that's because that he it's because Kodak Black made that song expeditiously, which is a Ti diss. Um, and so instead of him retaliating, I ain't noticed either. But yeah, Black Twitter and my brother told me. Who is not even on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that ain't what I'm talking about right now. Back to the story. Sorry. Uh, 
Okay, so I wanted to do a little research and figure out was Cube really saying all of this? Because they even pulled, because you know, we'll find an old tweet. I don't care how many oh, yeah. you got to comb through. But he had tweeted one day and said a couple, several years ago, I would never endorse a MAF. And he didn't say that part, like Trump. So granted, I hadn't seen Cube with Make America Great again, hat on sweater um out here publicly talking about he done switched to the republican party which most black people with money identify as republican in the first place because mm -hmm. it's more beneficial for them fiscally because mm -hmm. they get tax breaks and all mm -hmm. this other stuff i'm not mm -hmm. one of those people but most of them identify with that whether they do it publicly or not in the first place so i did a little more digging and from what i have read cube never said he was pro-trump or pro-Biden for that matter. He's, he reached out to both of their camps or campaigns, um, both the Biden-Harris campaign and Trump-Pence campaign. And Trump was like, cause to talk about the black agenda, like what are you gonna do for black people? What are your plans for black people? Um, and, economic, like, and economic equity more specifically. Well, apparently the Biden Harris campaign told him we will talk after the election because their schedules are very tight and most of the time operated and ran by their donors funding so their schedules are set and I'm sure they're set even more this year considering the pandemic right um so that was like according to him anyway and the research I found we we can't meet with you right now we'll highlight you after the after the campaign which is understandable because it's what 15 days away mm -hmm. or less but um trump was like yeah what you want? come on i'll meet with you because and i don't even think well i'm not even gonna go into say i don't even think i know trump don't care about us us as black mm -hmm. people cube or what he has to say but like he did dr fauci he's going to use that as like botched the leverage if you will like oh i got cube they love cube you know ha ha um, <laughs> and i'm gonna use uh -huh. i'm gonna take this i'm gonna use this opportunity to make it look like he really really down with me and i think we were some people were so quick to immediately be like f cube like how dare you sit down with the devil but mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Black people need to know what the hell is going on politically, regardless of who is in their office, whether it's the Cheeto <laughs> and the Flycatcher or <laughs> Kamala and, and um, Old Joe. So I don't think it was problematic <laughs> to have a conversation with them or attempt a conversation or address the needs of the community that aren't getting addressed and like the questions that people submit to the debates. I want to find the black people questions, like where they at? Cause they either reading over them, they ain't asking them cause nobody really cares. So he, he met with them. Now I'm, I don't think I'm patient enough or even, yeah, I don't think I'm patient enough to meet with someone like, I don't have debates with, with atheists and I can't really see myself talking to no Klansmen like willingly anyway about how they thoughts and all of that but i'm not cube either so i feel like we should have dug a little deeper figured out what the hell was going on before they tried to melt this man i'm not melting the ice cube now if he start like 
pulling a Kanye, then damn that ice cube. I like room temperature anyway. All right, y'all. So that brings us to the end of our episode today. We want to thank you, Miss Nikki J, for coming and kicking it with us. It was so much fun. Yes, thank you, ladies. Yes, this was so much fun. Like, this was... And I feel like I always say this, but it's true. Like this was the conversation I didn't know I needed till I had it. So thank you, ladies, for having me on. This was fun. Yeah. Sure, thank You're you. So thank welcome. you. Thank you for all that you've done to bless us tonight. Now we want to bless you. We need the people to bless you because listen, it's a struggle out here. And I know some of y'all still making money. So don't act like, cause I be seeing the stuff y'all buy. So that means <laughs> you can pay it forward. <laughs> I'm for real. Listen, y'all are in Tulum. Y'all got Tulum money. It looks hey. like y'all have Tulum money. Okay. So that means that you can <laughs> bless somebody else. And so Ms. Nikki, I want you to drop all your info so that people can follow you and bless your life and all that good stuff. All right. So um, first I'll, I'll drop information from my podcast. So you can find the Fill Your Cup podcast on all streaming platforms, your Apple Music, your Spotify, your Google Play, Anchor, wherever you can listen to a podcast, you can find me. And that's Fill Your You Are Cup podcast. So, I'll put it in the description box. Well, thank you, ma'am. And um, so my, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Nikki J underscore Yogi Bay. Um, I believe that's it. Cause I don't really use my Instagram like that, but I need to. So yeah, y'all follow me there. <laughs> <laughs> I like go and I like people's posts and stuff, but I don't post a whole lot. Um, and then y'all can also, oh my gosh, follow me on Twitter at I am Nikki J. No, I am underscore Nikki J. And Facebook, I'm just Nikki Jackson. And then my cash app is dollar sign Dolo, D-O-L-O, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E. So if y'all feel so inclined, um, it's very appreciated. So yes. thank you for letting me plug myself a little bit a little bit <laughs> absolutely we had so much fun thank you so much I was like I know who the next guest needs to be this oh, yeah. is what I want you, because you I know I know she gonna give good energy I don't have to worry about that I don't have to worry about her not talking I know she gonna talk <laughs> this I, <laughs> and I just uh, think it was, was so my bad, y'all. Imperative that we like had an episode with three blind mouse mice <laughs> out here, y'all. This my dad would be so proud. He always calls me and Jay the three blind mice. He was like the two or the two. So dad, we got a third. Hey. Actually, we real deep, but you know, it's blind yeah, awareness month. Thank you. Yes. And Nikki, make sure if you in a state that allows early voting. You do that. Get it Please. done. Go, like, we only got a few more days, y'all. Just get it in. Get it done. Get it done. Listen, I will be walking to the um, State Board of Elections office tomorrow to pick up my ballot, and I'm going to go ahead and do it and drop it in uh, at the back at the uh, the Board of Elections place because I was 
looking at going on the third, but child, I'm, I'm oh, not built no. to stand in line for eight hours. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I was actually not three. with the Rona. Oh, oh hello. I was in line for three yesterday in Alabama, but hell, I'll do it again if need be. <laughs> Three's um, not too bad, but good lord, did you have some some snacks on deck? Or no, oh, I was ill prepared. Okay, to say the least. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's still warm down there too. You know, it's a little cooler up here, and people get sick because of the cool weather. I ain't got time. Like, no, it wasn't. You know, but it, it had to be done. So y'all, please be patient, be persistent, and hell, be present at the polls. Mm. Whether you're there early or not, get that done. Who? Yes. Amen okay. and Ashe. Yes. That's it for today, y'all. We gonna see y'all in two weeks um, after the election because we'll have some things to talk about. And we hope that y'all tune in we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for supporting us and all the things, the consistency, just everything, y'all, because we're doing this to educate. We're doing this to have fun, but also to educate. So really appreciate you listening in, giving us love, and Nikki, for you filling our cups tonight. Thanks. Damn. <laughs> night, night, everyone. Bye, everybody.